Do I need to? I'm gonna come down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buddy, welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brent. Go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, yo, Tissy? Over. (laughs) Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, what's up, buddy? Man, we got people flying in here. Appreciate you, Bo. First one in here. Jared, he's always in here. Jeff, we appreciate you. But, uh, man, I, hey, I've i got a, an original comment, Shane. I don't think anyone's ever said this before. No. Moving sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been moving all week, and uh, literally no, there's no room in this house that, that is set up other than this podcast setup. I'm, I'm that dedicated, and as soon as we get off here, I got another interview I'm, I'm lining up because this this is how we're paid for the whole operation. You know what? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, brother, I'm glad you didn't call me. I, I figured since I had a truck, I was like, it's just any day now. Mike's going to give me a buzz. He needs me to take something from point A to point B. That's the only downside about having the truck is usually you're the moving guy. But, right. uh, hey, I will say, brother, you look good. You look crystal clear. So the Internet is working, son. So how you liking the new uh, the new uh, location? Yeah, so far, I mean, I'm, I'm just getting used to it. Like I said, there's boxes all over this damn house, and it, it's a disaster. It looks like a – like a natural disaster happened over here. But the main thing, like you said, we are we are fiber optic internet here. Yeah. So if anything goes bad, I mean, we are really cursed if we don't get a good signal here. You know what? Hey, I, this is what we're doing. We're just, we're, we're getting a better, a little bit better every single show, Mike. And that's what matters here. So uh, it's good to have you back on. It's good to talk to you. It's been a little while. Uh, no big breaking news, is there? Did I miss anything this weekend? Anything we need to cover? I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, Shane, because I've, I've just been <laughs> driving U-Haul trucks and everything. But uh, I, I know I know you got a good laugh out of uh, Tennessee beating Kentucky in basketball. And, and well, I, don't, I don't know. I watched about 30 seconds of the game, but I did get off a couple good tweets. I, I don't know if you watched that or not. No, I, I did, Mike, and I didn't want to put salt in the wound. You know, uh, one of one of our buds, Todd, he's finally sent it. It's the last uh, – him and uh, Roush are the last two for the bourbon bets. And uh, I got in contact with him this weekend, and he's sending me his uh, bottle of, of Kentucky bourbon. So I was kind of like wanting to not say anything because I know <laughs> – you know, that's been their baby. It's like, you know, football, you know, sometimes can be up and down, but they always have basketball they can lean on. And, uh, boy, them Tennessee balls, they absolutely whooped the shit out of them last night. But, you know, again, this is a football podcast, and I didn't want to put salt in the wound, but since you, since you opened up that can, brother, I, I think I may have to send that bottle of bourbon back because they're going to need it. Wait a second. So you're still collecting on on football bets here in? Yeah. I mean, we're we're recording in early February. Yeah, I, I still, you know, Nick has a, a tendency to do it the day at media day, so I didn't mm-hmm. rush him because, I mean, we all know he probably just runs out to the package store on a random <laughs> Tuesday to to hook cousin Shane up. But uh, but no, Todd. 
one of the originals, one of the OGs. Uh, he's put he was putting some stuff together, so I don't know I exactly you. what that means. So I'm, you know, just like bourbon, you you got to trust the process. Don't rush it. Uh, you know, now if we if the football season cranked up and I didn't get it, you know, then I maybe I'm raising hell a little bit. But no, I'm 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 patient because I've made the walk, I've made the purchases, I've sent the booze. You know, when you've lost, it's it's tough, but. This weekend of all weekends to finally send it, I, I really felt bad. So I wasn't even going to mention Tennessee, Kentucky, and how great those volunteers <laughs> look. But since we're here, Mike, let's just mention it. We won't talk about South Carolina, but we'll we'll talk about Kentucky and Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said he's getting something together. You better. I, I'm thinking, did he take a dump in the package or something? Oh, or, no, or, no. Or, or, no, I've already got Ollie's, so I, I, that, that's my wild card. You never know exactly what you're going to get with Ollie, but uh, no, uh, Todd's always been good, too. All right, Chad, so hey, show topic, one of our favorite ones, and, and heck, a lot has happened since, uh, you know, I put out the, the debut power rankings of 2024. Mm-hmm. I put it out during the national championship game, I, I believe, so that's, we're talking over a month ago here, Shane, so of uh, 2.0 edition here of the SEC power rankings, coaches have changed, portals obviously change. So, you ready to get into a deep dive that we're going to be able to hit on all 16 SEC teams? Absolutely, Mike. <laughs> this is a breath. I know you've been trying to give me a break, brother, but I tell you, I live in a house full of women. Again, that's why I'm bald. <laughs> You know, so this is like my man space, you know, and I don't know if I can, I can handle the just one, two a week. I may have to get back on just so I can get a little break for them girls, man. So normally I start at the bottom. Should, should I start at the bottom or should I switch it up and, and start at the top? What do you think? Um, well, I guess we could mix it up a little bit. Uh, nah, let's start. Nah, let's. Okay. Okay. I just, I, here's the thing, Mike, and this is me personally. Yeah. You can get on any platform and mm-hmm. talk college football and SEC football, and the last thing they want to talk about is the bottom. Right. And the one thing that we pride ourselves in is covering all 16 teams. So I, that's why I like because, yeah, there's a lot of Georgia fans and LSU fans, but you know what? You're going to have to wait a little bit to get to your news. So let's start from the bottom, Mike. Okay, well, speaking of the bottom, Shane, of course, it's Vanderbilt number 16. <laughs> and that's the show. <laughs> oh, man, but I mean, it, we laugh, but it's just so hard to be super excited about Vanderbilt, uh, you know, going over in SEC play once again, two out of the last yeah. three years now. Of course, you know, two years ago, they, they won two conference games. But, hey, there is some optimism here Shane that that things can turn around they've made a, a re well a commitment not a recommitment a commitment to NIL probably a, a little too late here with uh, their, their roster rated but uh they have been able to get this uh, quarterback from New Mexico State that I'm very excited about Diego Pavia Shane this is the guy that went into Auburn of course beat the Auburn Tigers and it, it was just no yeah. no fluke fluke ah can't even talk fluke Get performance. This was a guy that dominated Auburn in Jordan mm-hmm. Hare Stadium. They brought in also the head coach from New Mexico State, Jerry Kill, who uh, I believe they won their conference there, Shane. Yeah. So this, and when he took it over, I mean, again, we're talking New Mexico State, one of the worst teams in all of college football. Obviously, what's that got? It gobbled with Vanderbilt, the worst team in the SEC. So this yeah. man knows how to how to do a total rebuild. 
He's going to help Clark Lee. And and I appreciate the fact that Clark Lee, because I don't know that his job is really on the line, Shane. He's a Vanderbilt alum. I know I know they're not happy with the progress there. But, you know, when he got there, he said, this will be 10 years. 10-year plan I got here. Yeah. He's not going to get 10 years. But the fact that he's bringing in an accomplished head coach, someone that, you know, if I'm being completely honest, Shane, they fire – Clark Lee, they've got the perfect interim right there yeah. in Jerry Kill. But the fact that he's not threatened by that, the fact that he's bringing in a guy to kind of help him be a head coach, I, I think that's good news for the Commodores. Yeah, you know, it's funny because coming in, like before that hire, before that transfer, I was a little down. I'm always a little down on Vanderbilt, but, you know, it was like, Two years ago, it was Mike Wright. I'm like, all right, you know, this this may be the thing that they need. And then then you got to see a little bit of Swan, and you said, you know what, this next year, this is going to be Swan's year. They got a hell of a receiver. You know, I, obviously they lost the running back, but that's okay. They're going to be fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was like a little bit of optimism with Vanderbilt. But after last season, I was just out, completely out. The stadium's not done. The complex ain't done. But then they go out, like you said, they hired this cat, and, and if you look at the track record, the success that follows him, I think that's going to help Vanderbilt tremendously. But more importantly, in my opinion, Mike, this is a quarterback league, and they went out and they found him one. And this is a game changer because Auburn fans, you ask him right now, that kid looked like he was a 99. You know what I'm saying? He looked <laughs> like he was the next NFL quarterback. Uh, and, and that's exactly what Vanderbilt needs is a little spark, a little excitement. So, yeah, they're at the bottom of our list, but there is a little buzz brewing there in Nashville. And how about this question, Shane, from Man with a Plan here. Does Vanderbilt get a conference win this season? Let's throw up uh, their schedule. It's always always tricky in the SEC, but uh, I'm going to run through it if you're just listening back later. Virginia Tech in Nashville. Uh, I don't even know who the hell this is. North Folk State, I believe, at home. At Georgia State, why the SEC keeps playing Georgia State, I'll never know. Missouri on the road, Alabama at home, Kentucky on the road, Ball State, Texas at home, Auburn on the road, South Carolina at home, at LSU, Tennessee at home. Now, the question was, can they get an SEC win? Uh, with, let's not outright predict because – we don't want uh, fr- you know hot takes to get us or whatever freezing cold takes to get us already here early February shade. But if there's one SEC game that looks most winnable to you, I think I kind of I have two I'm looking at. I'm, I'm curious to know if, if they're on your list. If if there's one game you think Vanderbilt wins in conference play, which one? You said two. Are they back to back? Oh yeah, because that's what I'm looking at. They're in November. Um, I, I, and mainly this, the home game with South Carolina. You know, mm-hmm. they. this is a team that – it was two years ago, Mike. Was it two years ago we were watching the Ole Miss-Tennessee game and, and they yep. gave us the, the, the Vanderbilt and South Carolina was coming down to the damn wire. Now, obviously, last year was a different story. But, yeah, that's the one if I'm looking at potential. But – even then, Mike, no, I, I'm not really seeing a uh, an SEC win at this moment. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was saying they're going to beat LSU in Tennessee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, that, that, you nailed it. You knew it. It's South Carolina at home and potentially Auburn. If Auburn does not improve, we, we anticipate Auburn will under year two. Hugh yeah. Freeze. But 
hey, we've anticipated other things that haven't happened. So I think that's their best shot. But but right now, I would say no. I don't I don't anticipate Vanderbilt wins a conference game. Do you? No, no. But again, a quarterback that beat Auburn last year. You know, a coach that beat right. Auburn last year. So so yeah, naturally, those are going to be the ones that maybe stand out as an outlier. But I am not. I would not put any money on it right now. All right, so we've, we've spent enough time on Vanderbilt, Shane. Number 15, Mississippi State. And I oh. get it. Their fans, they get pissed off. What the hell? We've, we've uh, you know, booted the old coaching staff. We got a new quarterback, Blake Shapin from Baylor. This is going to be fun and gun. Jeff Lebby, everywhere he's been, successful offenses. I, I think they'll be successful there, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but I just – I don't know how to rate Mississippi State. I'll be completely transparent. And, and there's really nothing – that I've I've said that is any different about this shade. They're adding hell of, hell of a lot of transfers here, especially on the offensive line at receiver. I mentioned quarterback Blake Shapin, Stone Blanton from South Carolina, the linebacker. That was a hell of a pickup. I like the moves they're making, Shane. Mm-hmm. But just because you're you're throwing all these pieces together doesn't mean it's going to work and and work immediately. That's the key to this whole thing. Even you know some of the best coaches in the league right now, Lane Kiffin. Josh Heupel, hell, even Kirby Smart, Shane, year one, they don't typically hit the ground running. And and that yeah. doesn't necessarily dictate how good uh, uh, that coaching hire is going to be. But it's just hard for me to look look today at what Mississippi State has and put them much higher than, than number 15. No, I, I get that, man. And, and, and naturally, this is probably one of those that's going to shoot up the list quicker than the others. Because like you said, they, they – they have a coach that has the ability to catch teams off guard because when you look at this system, there's no tape on Mississippi State right now. There's right. nothing to go off. So early in the season, they're going to have a little bit of, they're going to have a little bit of advantage in my opinion. So they may catch a couple of these SEC teams off guard. So uh, definitely, Mississippi State has got a lot of their ceilings high. But uh, like you, I believe the floor is low too just because of depth issues and mainly just because some of those question marks in those specific areas that you cannot come in the SEC lacking, you know, talent. Right. And the one chain that I think fans are, are understandably, you know, questioning why are they below, and that's Arkansas 14. But I do love the fact that we're sitting here, we're we're splitting hairs here, and the fans are up in arms. What the hell? We should be 14, <laughs> not 15. Like, like that's a great <laughs> honor. But, it, 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 you know, it is. It's because they care, and I appreciate that, that they do care. But Arkansas, number 14, they got the number 22 portal class, according to uh, on three. That's one marker that I give them a little bit of an edge. I know they they uh, they lost to Mississippi State at home last year. But, again, mm-hmm. I should have mentioned this from the top, Shane. I say this every time, but I know we, our audience keeps growing, so maybe they've, they've not caught one of these before. But the only metric that I use for this power rankings, if Team A met Team B on a neutral field today, who would I pick to win the football game? So, again, I'm yeah. splitting hairs here. We don't know much more about Arkansas than we do Mississippi State same defensive coordinator, though, Travis Williams. I thought he did an outstanding job given the talent that he had to work with last year in Fayetteville. We love the hire of Bobby Petrino as an offensive coordinator. That is a significant upgrade yeah. over the, the fool we had last year running this thing. Everywhere Bobby Petrino goes, the quarterback success follows, including last year at AM, where there are three quarterbacks he used. I thought they had their best three 
you know, the best season of their careers in yeah. college football. So I love the Bobby Petrino hire. We don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. So that that's it's difficult to project Arkansas much higher than this at this point in time. But if you were to tell me, Shane, that Arkansas has solid quarterback play this season with Bobby Petrino calling the plays, yeah, I think Arkansas can shoot up this list. Absolutely. And and I, and I think Bobby Petrino hire has gotten lost a little bit with all the other news that's going on, but this isn't Bobby Petrino from Texas A&M. You know, I believe there was some some guards there. You know what I'm saying? I believe there was some reserve in play calling. You're not going to get that. You're going to get right. that old school Arkansas love that they've missed for many, many years. And uh, their offense is going to be great, man. I, 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 they have nowhere else to go but up. Last year was such a disappointment that I think that any type of success that Arkansas has is going to be viewed as that, as a tremendous step forward. So, yeah, I, it's tough to judge Arkansas right now, but this similar to Mississippi State is a team I could see quickly moving up this list. Right, in case in point, I'm seeing in the comments someone just said Bobby Petrino's washed up. Well, in 20, uh, 2022, Shane, Texas A&M, yeah. Averaged 22 points per game. Yeah. One year under Bobby Petrino, 33 points per game. So, I mean, this is that's a massive – you don't just improve by 11 points per game on average right. uh, with some joke of an offensive coordinator. So, if you're saying he washed up, I, I question whether he even watched uh, Texas A&M last year. Let me, let me ask you a question about the power rankings, Mike. Mm -hmm. If you and I met on a neutral field <laughs> and we did a – I'm going, to, I'm going to do two questions. The first one is a 20-yard sprint. Oh, I got who do you. you. Got, who do you got? You got – okay, Mike. But right. wait, is it downhill? You know what I mean? Maybe maybe you no, get that I'll momentum say, I'll say downhill. I'll say downhill. I'm going to say wind at my back kind of thing. Would you still think you got the 20 yards? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I, I did confident. too. I did too. Now, now, we roll into CC's Pizza, and <laughs> a large pepperoni hits both of us. Who's finishing it first? Oh, hands down, you got me beat there All right, too. So I just, yeah. So power <laughs> rankings can be skewed, good or bad. But I, I just, I love that because this is going to come out tomorrow, and people are going to be so pissed that you got Arkansas so low, so pissed you got Mississippi State low. But again, it's a neutral field. It's not at home. It's not, you know, we're you're taking all that out. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at this moment, I mean, we're in February, Mike. We don't know what's going to happen. we got another uh, portal to open up. We've got right. – there's a lot of things that can happen to – both of – that's one thing. When this spring portal opens up, you know, this is, this is two teams that really could benefit from some of that competitive depth that's floating out there in some of these other conferences. Right. And, of course, you know, spring football, we're going to learn so much. Yeah. I, I think it's more valuable than ever, Shane, with – with coaches moving, you know, people don't talk enough about the coaches. They they complain about the players moving. The coaches yeah. move around just as much, but obviously the players, depth charts, and everything like that. So I I think spring football is more important than ever. Yeah, man, I'm telling you what, you are crystal clear. I feel bad for audio <laughs> listeners not seeing this. Damn, Mike, I, did you upgrade your camera too? I'm telling you, you're 4K over there. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm telling you, we were trailer park. Now we're we're like in a Tesla on Mars right now. You know That's what? right. All right, number 13 in the power ranking, Shane, South Carolina Gamecocks. Mm. Uh, this was a tough one for me because, uh, yeah, obviously missed a bowl game, a little bit of a step back here last uh, last season. And, and, and I don't know if you caught this, Shane, but shout out Spencer Rattler, a guy mm -hmm. I was completely dead wrong about. 
I don't know if you saw this, but he won a Reese's Senior Bowl yeah. MVP. So that's he's he's a hell of a player. I think he helped his draft stock tremendously this week in Mobile. But the bad news for that shade again, that, that's basically what we said all season. I mean, he was he was the team. Yeah. How do you replace him now? And I, I know we're very excited about Lenora Sellers. We just added Robbie Ashford transferred from Auburn, but they ain't Spencer Rattler. So right. at, at least Sellers isn't yet. He could be. He could be in a year or two, but is yeah. he going to be the best player on the team? I don't, I don't know that. They lost Pete Limbo, their special teams coordinator. So, again, I'm saying all this negative stuff, but I'm still a believer in Shane Beamer. I, I really like his, his coaching style. The fact that he's got two assistants this offseason that went on to become head coaches, I think that gives you an indication that uh, there's some solid coaching going on in Columbia. These guys are not just being handed these jobs. They've got the number five transfer portal class, Shane, in all the country, according to On3. Added a ton of talent this offseason. How quickly can they can they get these guys up to speed? What, can they clean up the defensive side of the football? they got to be able to stop the run. But uh, I love the addition of, of, like, Rocket Sanders. He could be – remember oh, how good dude. he was, yeah. Shane? Two years ago, I believe he was – he was either led the SEC or number two in the SEC in rushing. If they could get that Rocket Sanders, I mean, South Carolina, they, they could have one hell of an offense next year. Absolutely, man. And, and, and that's one of the things about South Carolina that's so fun is they're going to be exciting again on offense. Rocket Sanders, like you said, we, we had projected as one of, if not the best running back in the SEC coming into that season. It didn't come to fruition, but – you know, that's one thing South Carolina had no threat of is a running game. And that's why Spencer, I was so high on him just because everything he had to do, they knew he was going to throw the football. You know, now they're going to be able to be a little bit more two-dimensional. And now you've also got two quarterbacks that are probably two of the fastest ones in the league that also add an element of excitement because, hey, if it's breaking down like it did last year with that offensive line, you got two guys back there that potentially could get you a first down just with their legs. So, yeah, South Carolina is going to be fun. But I want to ask you, 13 is pretty low. And if 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 and projecting this season they end thirteenth best team in the SEC, I mean I, I I caught your 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 Coach Beamer hot seat talks or just the, the if you haven't got a chance to watch Mike and Steve last week fantastic podcast you guys that you had but if they finish thirteen how hot is that seat in Columbia? It's heating up, brother. It's it's heating yeah. up big time because there's you don't there's, think you don't think he'd get fired at thirteen, do you? You just think that maybe going into this following season he'd be on a kind of a hot seat situation. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I think he comes back unless he's just you know an, an abomination of a you know all, maybe it's the coaching that's that's killing the the team because uh, you know I have seen it, Shane. They right now. South Carolina is essentially their their overall roster. Uh, I believe it's the fifteenth most talented in the SEC. Yeah. Now maybe you could put that on Beamer and say, well, they need to they need to rec- recruit a lot better. But I I think they just did. I, I think they had a top twenty five class. I just said they got the number five portal class. They they've been doing really good job in the portal last couple of years, but. You wonder about the line of scrimmage. Why is, why has it been so poor, particularly the last season? You know, when you are pulling out the special teams tricks and things of that nature, is that because is that because you have to, or is that just because yeah. you excel at it? I mean, that's that's a fair question to ask. But you know, interesting year. I mean, you can't go to back to back bowl games and then miss bowl games two years in a row 
and and not be on some kind of a hot seat. And and I yeah. don't think they should run him off by any means again. But I, I don't know. That that is by definition, that has taken a step back if they miss a bowl game for the second straight year after making it. Yeah. It, you, I think you could argue, and I, I know they hate Will Muschamp down there, Shane, but you could argue if, if his first two years he made a bowl game with mostly Will Muschamp's players, I think we have to wonder, can he do it with his own players? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, I can't comment on that. I'd be fine for the rest of my life if I commented on that, Mike. <laughs> All right, how about uh, number 12, Shane Kentucky? I've dropped them a lot Oof. in the latest power rankings. Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, gone to the Tampa Bay Bucks after flirting with seemingly every coordinator position out there. Not a great sign, Shane. I mean, he's no. this is a guy that said he wanted to put down his roots. Brought him, They brought him in there for a reason. He's one of the few offensive coordinator hires that have been a success under Mark Stoops. He's gone. They brought back their offensive line coach, Eric Wolford, who they just completely trashed when he left and, you know, they blamed him for why this the state of the, of the big – remember, it used to be called the big blue yeah. wall, Shane. It's not been the big blue wall in a number of years. They blamed Wolford. And he went down to Alabama. We all know the issues they've had on the offensive line. Uh, I mean, hell, it cost them a national championship this year. And, and they had plenty of talent. They're going to have an a NFL – I don't know, first round, but but high round pick at, at right tackle. Their left tackle was the top tackle in the country. Center couldn't snap a damn ball to save his life. This that's on this their new offensive line coach. So yeah. again, I I don't know where we're and I seem to be on an island here with uh, kind of doubting their quarterback Brock Vandergriff. I realize he was a five star, went to Georgia, got stuck behind some very talented players. So it's it's fair to say he's got massive potential, but that's usually key for just hadn't done it yet. Yeah, and if he doesn't hit. I think Kentucky's in for a, a very, very rough year. Yeah, but I'm I'm on the Brock train, so I'm I'm kind of I'm with Kentucky here. I think this they're a little too low on your list, and and mainly because of that. The, this is a very, very talented team, you know. And and have they had a few blows here lately with the coaching? Absolutely, but when it all when the dust settles, Mike, it comes down to the players that are on the field. And I think Kentucky will have better players next year. And uh, they got a damn quarterback. I, I I do it every year. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, back to Will Levis, back to, you know, Leary. It's, it doesn't matter. Who they, I get hopped up for these quarterbacks there at Kentucky. I'm starting to do it now. I just I, – I think that he is the dude. And, and again, the mobility. And, and, yes, he didn't get that opportunity in Georgia. But maybe – you know, some people practice worse than they play. And what does it look like when the lights come on and the game is actually on his shoulders? You know, we're gonna it's going to be a wait-and-see approach with Kentucky, but there is a high ceiling here in Lexington, in my opinion, regardless now, of coaching. Right. But, well, let me ask you this, though, Shane. So, Brock Vandegrift, we have to assume, you know, part of the appeal was they said, hey, you've got the tools of Will Levis. Come – be taught by the guy that basically made Will Levis yeah. a draft prospect, and now that guy's gone. So I have to assume the next coordinator, which we don't know who that'll be, but that it'll probably be in the same they'll, – they'll try to get someone of that coaching tree to to kind of fit in, but that doesn't mean they'll get him. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, we don't even know now if Brock Vandegrift fits what the new offense is going to be. Does that make sense? So, I, again, I'm, I'm a little – I'm just a little uneasy about the current situation, if that makes sense. 
Maybe Cohen was holding them back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what you do when they're not there anymore. It's like, well, you know, the reason he was so successful is because he had an absolute X factor back there at quarterback when he first showed up. You know what I'm saying? One right. of the fastest guys in the in the country. But I, I, I don't know, man. I Again, sometimes I think coaching staff gets too much credit. You know, Cohen wasn't brought in maybe to develop the quarterback play or something like that, but – you know, again, if you don't have it, Leary was a great quarterback in our minds when he came in, and he just didn't he didn't come to fruition. So maybe Brock does, and sometimes the coaching staff's going to get all the credit for it. So, mm-hmm. it, again, it boils down to just talent and schedule and opportunities and staying healthy. And, uh, and, and I like Kentucky in that scheduling aspect of it. You know, they've, I don't say they've got an easy schedule, but, again, they've got a little bit of an easy road than some teams in the SEC. Now, how about, uh, did you see this, Shane? Gerald Mincy, the offensive tackle, was at Tennessee. Yeah. Transferred to Kentucky. Let's read his comments real quick. We don't uh, have to. But. I think <laughs> I owe it to all the Kentucky fans to handle business on November 2nd. So I'm excited for that. Kentucky has got to do more to earn it. I love the underdog role. So when we go up there, November 2nd, to Neyland Stadium, we're going to bust them in the mouth. We can put the standard back over here oh boy how about it Shane? and uh, if you missed it i think he's been he's been trolling uh john campbell the other tackle just talking about how he's going to get nico like he's he's throwing everybody under the bus over here be careful buddy <laughs> be careful <laughs> this is locker room material right here and don't you think tennessee ain't going to use it but I love it. I love uh, that's that's the kind of attitude Kentucky's going to have to have, Mike, because you're going to have people like SEC Mike putting you at the bottom <laughs> of their power rankings. Everybody's against you. We've seen teams like this in the past, and they've they've decided to shine. Now there are some opportunities. You don't want to. I don't think you you, you kind of want to keep that internal. You know, keep that internal fire us against the world. Right. You know, you may not want to put it on social media so that <laughs> these guys. Uh, have something to talk about. You know, you remember that time they talked about uh, Alabama as the red team? We ain't worried yeah. about Alabama. It's just a red team, you know. But that's all they needed. That red team came up there and kicked our ass. <laughs> By about 50 points. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, number 11, Shane, in the updated power rankings, the Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. Not uh, much change here. I think I bumped them slightly up. I think I kicked them above Kentucky here. They hired DJ Durkin, a defensive coordinator. You know, I'm not thrilled by that hire. I don't I don't think it's a terrible hire. So it's kind of middle of the road. It probably is an upgrade over Ron Roberts, who they had last year, but not by much. They got the number 14 portal class in the uh, country, according to On3. We got Hugh Freeze calling the plays now, which has got to be better than, than what they were uh, working with last year, given how awful that offense looked at times. And, and we know they played well against Georgia. They played well against Alabama. And uh, Hugh, he took credit for that. So, hey, if he if we could get that Hugh Freeze calling the plays, if we can get that Peyton Thorne for the entire season, uh, Auburn's got got something cooking here. They they got a top recruiting class. We'll see how soon they can get these guys up to speed. But uh, I, I got to see something, Shane, from Auburn before I throw yeah. them into the top ten. They're they're right there. They're on the edge. But uh, I, I need to see a little bit more before I put them in the top ten conversation. 
and could be a top 10 team. You know what I'm saying? I, I just I, I think they're in a sweet spot right now. Not a lot of expectations are down at the Plains, but they are starting to heat up because of some of the decisions that Coach Freeze, more or less the comments that he's made after the tough l losses, basically. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to hit the ground running. And this is a team that has some unproven players, unproven talent, but they've got talent, some of the best talent they've had down there in the last four or five years. So, yeah, Auburn has opportunity to, to catch some of these teams that they have been losing to historically here the last few years off guard. Right. All right, Chase. So, hey, this may blow you away here, but I got number 10, the Florida Gators. I, it's almost like these Gator fans have beat me into submission, Shade, and said <laughs> – how dare you tweet about us? Anytime I tweet something about them, they get mad as hell. But it's funny, Shay, because I'm I'm usually higher on the Gators than just about anybody, and and I'm back on the bandwagon, so to speak. I know everybody looks at the schedule. My God, they, they ain't gonna win a damn game. <laughs> I th I'm gonna throw it up here, Shay. I think there's a real opportunity for Florida. They who, who they just hired a special teams coach. I think that is massive. But right out the gate, Shane, if and, and I realize this is an if. But if they could beat Miami at home, mm -hmm. we know they're going to beat Sanford at home. But this this is the pivotal one. If they could beat A&M at home, this is the first season under Mike Elko. It, 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 these are not gimmies by any by any stretch. But if they could beat Miami, they can beat Texas A&M. I think they're going to be 5-0. and And that doesn't mean they're going to go 12-0 or anything like that. But if they could just win one of the last seven, Shane, they are going to go to a bowl game, and this will be an, a, an improved team. And I realize they lost five in a row to end last season, but it was just like it is here. It's It was five of the toughest games they had. Mm -hmm. They barely lost many of them, and they never gave up, despite all, all these people talking trash. Graham Mertz is back, and if anything, God forbid, he gets hurt, they've got arguably the best quarterback prospect in the country coming in in D.J. Lagway. I think the offense will be fine. Defense was a train wreck under Austin Armstrong, but he's this is year two. They're bringing in Ron Roberts, who was Auburn defensive coordinator, did a really good job to uh, to be co-D.C. linebackers coach. I don't know. I, I just think, I think Florida's going to be better on a defensive side. They're not going to be elite, I don't think. But they've added via the portal, top uh, a really good portal class here. Get guys like Pup Howard from South Carolina, Asa Turner from Washington starting safety, uh, Joey Slackman, one of the top players in the Ivy League from Penn on the defensive line. I just think Florida's – I think Florida's going to – this is a make-or-break year for Billy Napier, and I think they're going to take so, some steps forward. Yeah, well, I mean, they got that. That's the thing. They got to almost hit the ground running five and zero. Oh, you know, because that back half of the schedule is going to be tough. And and that's one right. thing. We're talking power rankings. We're not talking about polling. Uh, you know, this team has got one of the. T it it's got the toughest schedule in the country, if you ask me. So yeah, they have an opportunity if they make a bowl out that schedule. They definitely deserve to be in the top ten, Mike. How about Andrew, this comment, Shane? He says, Mike misspoke. Florida hired a special ed coach, not special <laughs> teams coach. Oh, that's, that's Andrew talking, oh, not me. But that, yeah. that was that was rough. So, Billy. But I, I guess you could flip it the other way, Shane, because I'm sitting here saying, I think there's a realistic path to 5-0 and start. But let's say they're like 2-3 and three at a start. <laughs> then, Inspired. 
Bye-bye. They, they Bye-bye, ain't winning Billy. five games. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they may not hit four if, if they go two and three to, Dude, to start. I'm telling you right now, the most pressure that Billy is going to have this entire season is week one mm-hmm. against Miami. Yeah. Because, like you said, if the wheels come off during that game, now you're like, okay, they'll probably lose to A&M. You know, there's a chance they'll lose to Mississippi State. You know what? They may not win another game beyond Tennessee. So, it's it's like – they they have got to punch the 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 schedule in the mouth right there week one and uh, it's easier said than done. But if you take Florida's team and you give them a different schedule, they may have different results. And that's what the power rankings are all about. This is a I think a good team. This is a very good team. This is a bold team. But can they make it? I don't know. Let me. I, I just thought of something real quick, Shane. So again. The first five, I, I'm not saying they're all winnable, but there's a realistic path to getting there. The The sixth game is at Tennessee. Are you – what's what frightens you more, Shane, as a Tennessee man, a 5-0 and Florida or an 0-5, like desperate for a win and, and just having that mojo? Because let's be honest, Shane, if everybody and their mother is picking Tennessee to beat Florida, that's when you know – you're in trouble. So what scares you more, a 5-0 and or 0-5 Florida? Mike, it doesn't really matter what the schedule is. <laughs> Florida Gators, they got me. It's in me. I, I am one of those that they got that dark cloud over me every time Florida Gators come to town because in the back of your mind you're like, well, some backup quarterback's going to come in here and look like a Heisman, you know, or something along those lines, or some breaks are going to go their way. I, I am – I, that is a game that if you poll Florida and they're looking at it, they're like, ah, we got Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? And I don't fault them for it because most of the time they have. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm worried. But if I'm picking one or the other, uh, I think more pressure on the 0-5 because sometimes Tennessee, like last year, took their foot off the gas and it, and it bit them a few times. I know you said never again, Shane. But – never. If Florida is 0-5 and Tennessee is like a 20-point favorite, because Tennessee may be 5-0 and or something like that, will you commit to a, the, the walking bet for every point Florida wins you, you'd walk a mile? No, no, absolutely not. My, <laughs> not even against 0-5? <laughs> no, I, I'm telling you, brother, until you've done it, you you at my weight. You know, it's not like I'm yeah. I'm running around the track at 200 pounds, Mike. No, I got another 200-pounder on my back. You know what I'm saying? And that 13th okay. Okay. mile, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I'll have to – I'm using a walker now because of that thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not that bad. But but I tell you, brother, that, that thing broke. Broke me. And I still have pain in my feet. <laughs> Those damn gators got you again. Damn gators, blisters on my. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. But, but again, that's that's what that game. That's why I love that game, and I hope it doesn't go away because every every year, both fan bases doesn't matter the situations. Both fan bases are expecting to win. Yep. All right, Shade. So how about uh, number nine, the Oklahoma Sooners? I I dropped them a couple spots back. Really, just from doing all these Oklahoma uh, interviews, Shane, and, and just the the level of concern I'm getting with uh, just them having to replace everybody on the offensive line, mm-hmm. both coordinators, new quarterback, even though Jackson Arnold, massive potential five-star, 
And, uh, you know, he had his moments last. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I'm not doubting him. But it's just a lot of change going into a new league. And there was a lot of doubts about Oklahoma last year. And they nearly made the playoff. I mean, had they beaten Kansas? And uh, there was one other team they, they lost to. Had they, had, you know, had they just finished the deal, they, they could have made the playoff. So it, this is not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I am really splitting hairs here, Shane, between uh, the next couple and Oklahoma. I'm just thinking that, mm, give, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm struggling to figure out where to put them given – the lack of uh, SEC competition that we have seen from them, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's, it's wild because we I thought we would be the ones that would point out the offensive line, but they volunteer it pretty quick. <laughs> and if you listen to it, it's like, damn, you know? And, and, and I love how they like – if you I've listened to a lot of them now because I'm trying to catch up. I haven't been following Oklahoma until this year, you know? And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's almost the same thing like, well – you know, if we shift him out to left guard, and then and I'm like, man, I've been there. I've been there. Derek Dooley didn't draft – he didn't recruit offensive line one year, you know. I have been there. And going through the SEC is is an absolute – it can be an absolute train wreck. If you're starting five, doesn't stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. It's not just like I, I don't think Oklahoma can put five out there. It's like can that same five be there week ten – when they're going against who knows who, you know, another powerhouse. I, I, I'm not. That's what my concern is. So yeah, I'm, I'm right. I'm right here with you. This is SEC is a game of trenches, right? And just having two new coordinators, even if they're two upgrades, yeah, that's difficult to manage in, in a in just a season of new. You know what I mean? I, I really do think now they get three non-conference games right in a row to start the season. And they get Tennessee to open SEC play at home. So the schedule does set up for success, but we can sit here and count wins in the offseason that that don't always count, don't always show up that way, if if that makes sense. Yeah, and and again, the schedule's irrelevant when you're talking power rankings, man. It's just that team, what does it look like against this team? And and I I do think that Oklahoma – is going to catch some teams off guard. Who knows? They may win the damn thing their first year in here. But I'm just thinking in the back of my mind that there's going to be some growing pains. And if I'm picking who's going to have more, I guess, struggles out of the gate from Texas and Oklahoma, I just think Oklahoma mainly because of that offensive line right now. And these ain't my words. This is this is your boys talking about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they got me worried. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, all right, so number eight, Shane, we're in the top half, so to speak. Texas A&M, I, they've made a big jump for me, Shane. They, mm-hmm. they are just killing it in the portal. I've added over 20 guys, one of the top portal classes in the country. I think Mike Elko is going to have his defense doing a 180 next season. He was obviously there before. And just the the massive turnaround, the more people I talked to that he did at Duke and how awful they were and how good they were immediately. I love the quarterbacks. I love the offensive coordinator hire. Uh, I, I think Texas A&M, Shane, this is the team to, to keep your eye on that no one is talking about as a playoff SEC title contender it's very unrealistic that they, they win the SEC or win the national championship. But what I mean is nine, maybe even 10 wins, I think is in the potential because this is still a really good roster 
that that was not quite picked apart like people thought it was. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm just not I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, Mike. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't care how you hop me up and how how they move up your power rankings, Mike. They have burnt me so many damn times, and A and M's probably happy that I'm out on them. In fact, I know they are. <laughs> I saw Kyle in here earlier. I'm sure he's going to say something like, "Thank God Shane is not high." <laughs> On A and M, because I'm not, brother. I, I again, I know they've added a lot of pieces in the portal, but again, you may have a whole bunch of pieces. Doesn't mean you can put something together. So you know, you're missing a couple of pieces of that puzzle. It's just still going to have some holes in it, and I'm afraid that's what's going to happen with A and M here. So yeah, but who knows? It's February, <laughs> April, May, May. I may be back on the bandwagon, but at this moment, I'm not. Well, hey, Miles, I appreciate you. $5 donation for Valentine's Day. He wants, we should say one nice thing about every team. Love what you guys do. Go, Doc. So I appreciate you, Cousin Miles. But, uh, hey, I, I don't even, this is bad, Shane. I don't even know when is Valentine's. Is it come, It's It's got to be right around the corner, huh? I'm, I, was, I was trying I to look that like, up. I, I thought it's next week. Next week. Uh, that'd be a good show. Yeah, show the topic. 14th. Okay, yeah, yeah. we'll do. we'll yeah. do it. Thank you yeah. for the five dollars. We'll do anything for five dollars, basically. <laughs> you know? Hey, here's a public service announcement: <laughs> Valentine's is coming up. All right, I know you like talking SEC football, but you may want to get on there and order some damn flowers before it's too late. So, <laughs> <laughs> one hundred flowers I, promo code SEC. Not really, my, but maybe. Fun fun fact: I forgot it was Valentine's first first year. Me and me and my wife were together. Uh, uh -huh. we we're just dating at the time. And uh, we got out of the truck, and she was just like, really, really? And shut the door. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell did I miss, you know? Come to find out, I saw all the ribbons at work and stuff, and I realized it's Valentine's Day. So I called this uh, this floral place. I was like, I need something. Do you got any roses? And they're like, we're, we're, we're done. We're, we're out, you know? And I was like, I'll take anything, anything you got. And they got, well, we got this one. And I think they were just bullshitting me, man. But they were like, we got this one, but it's like 200 bucks. I'm like, you know what? Just throw it together. Send it there, you know. So I paid the thing, you know, whatever. And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna make it sound like I didn't know it was coming, but you know, I'm gonna look good, you know. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and this thing shows up, brother. I swear to God, they stole it off some grandmother's grave, you know. <laughs> it came in there, it had a birdhouse in it and everything <laughs> like that. And I'm like, man, those those I never used that floor department again, but man, they ripped me off. So my wife. <laughs> She loved the gesture, but she absolutely hated the flowers. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even do it right, even even no, there, huh? No, I was like, damn. Because I really, it slipped my mind. So this is a great, thank you for that heads up, because I really haven't done anything for this one yet. That's what we're trying to do, just a public service announcement here, yeah. Shane. Yeah. All right, number seven in the power ranking, Shane, LSU. And I'm starting to come around here, Shane. Still got some questions about, uh, you know, all the pieces we're losing on the offensive side of the ball. But this is more about the defense, Shane, yeah. and hiring defensive coordinator Blake Baker from Missouri, defensive line coach Bo Davis from Texas, one of the best in the country, edge uh, coach Kevin Peoples also from Missouri. Bring him back, Corey Raymond, who, you know, didn't have his very good years at Florida. I get it, but – he was bringing in talent. He'll. That's what they desperately need right now at LSU is defensive backs, and Corey Raymond can still recruit. So I like the moves they've been making on the coaching staff. Those don't always translate immediately, but yeah, the future's very bright. And the fact that I'm sitting here and picking apart Brian Kelly, who's won 20 games in two years at LSU, including one 
division championship, and we're sitting here saying, well, I don't know if it's been a oh, complete success. That gives you the, an indication of just the level of excellence in the championship expectations. They, I think they failed to live up to expectations last year. They still won 10 games. So yeah. if they exceed expectations, this is going to be a playoff contender next year. Yeah, yeah. And, and one thing, I've never doubted Kelly finding talent. You know, there are going to be guys on this roster that are going to start shining this following season that you may not thought were going to because that's what he's able to do. He's a proven winner. I think going out and getting a coach to help him on the defense side of the ball was a huge step forward. I'm with you. I am a little maybe kind of leery. I, I, I'm Maybe I got my like, foot on the brake. I'm not quite pressing it yet. But I, I do want to see it a little in action because, like you said, it does look good on paper. But what does this LSU team look like now that Daniels is no longer with them? And one thing to, to – I know this doesn't have anything to do with power rankings, Shane, but when we're looking ahead to playoff contenders, you know, there's going to be multiple paths to get in there. But obviously winning the SEC will, will punch your ticket in there. But LSU is in a unique position, Shane, where they play Southern Cal – Mm-hmm. in Las Vegas in the opening week. And then a couple weeks later, I'll throw up the schedule here, but they play UCLA week four at home. But the reason I bring this up, Shay, they got two opportunities to really, let's say they go, I don't know, nine and three overall with, or, or 10 and two, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think realistically here. They lose, they lose two SEC games, but they're on the bubble. But yeah. if they beat Southern Cal, if they beat UCLA, that's probably going to be better than most people's non-conference uh, schedule, uh, record or, or resume, so to speak. And if they have, you know, a, a six and two SEC record with those two wins, that's probably going to get them into the college football playoff. So it, mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if we see this path work, or we'll get to Missouri in a minute. Or if we see that path work to where we we play kind of. You know, I, I don't want to call them guaranteed wins, but yeah, teams that if you beat them, like UMass and all this, like no one's going to be very impressed. D- does that make sense? Yeah. What can you bring that schedule up one more time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so people that are just listening later back, uh, LSU next season they open in Las Vegas against Southern Cal, mm-hmm. Nickel State at home, South Carolina on the road, UCLA at home, South Alabama at home, Ole Miss at home. Arkansas and A&M back-to-back on the road. Alabama at home, at Florida, Vanderbilt, and Oklahoma to close out at home, both of those games. Yeah. So, you know, not the most daunting, so, but, but I could see a path if they win all their non-conference to go 10-2, and two. Heck, yeah. maybe even 11-1. and one. I, I, I mean, they could go undefeated for all I know. But just the point I'm trying to make is if you schedule up like this and you beat – USC and UCLA, and you're on the bubble, I, I think wins like that really could push you over the top. Yeah. I do wonder how that's going to play out because, you know, uh, the, the college football playoff obviously is expanded, and, and you could clearly I, – I think you could see uh, a two, maybe three – I mean, I, multiple two-loss SEC teams making an attempt to get into the college football playoffs. And, and looking at that schedule, I, I, I love it because – they're going to get the buzz right out of the gate. And that's been kind of a, a sore because, you know, you're looking at the Florida State game two years in a row, you know, kind of right. stumbled out of the gate. 
and then that's how you kind of thought LSU was, like a good team but not great. If they could come out and beat US, USC and UCLA, I mean, these are going to be large market audiences that are going to be watching LSU Tigers and say, hey, man, LSU's legit. They're on their way. And then maybe if you lose uh, an Ole Miss or an Alabama, I mean, that's what that's the one you're looking at, and maybe potentially Oklahoma. You know, LSU is a sneaky – is a sneaky good team here, man. Could can find their ways in the college football playoffs. So, and if they beat UCLA and USC, I mean, they could be SEC and Pac-10 champs. Can you imagine, Mike? All right, say number six. I know you're gonna like this. I'm Tennessee Vol, Shade up buying into the hype. Which is uh, not always great for for Tennessee, <laughs> but uh, I, I, you know, this all this investigation stuff. Regardless mm-hmm. of what happens, it's not going to affect this season because the damn NCAA goes at a snail's pace anyway. So, yeah, uh, you know, we all we're all pretty high on Nico, at least Tennessee people. Uh, James Pierce, outstanding pass rushers, getting buzz as the number one pass rusher prospect, not in the upcoming draft, obviously, but the future draft. So uh, they may have the best uh, sack artist in the SEC. They were pretty dominant on the run last season. They're bringing back nearly everybody on the offensive line, and they have upgraded with a huge addition from LSU, Lance Hurd, at left tackle. That's going to allow John Campbell to switch to right tackle as more natural position. So if Tennessee has an outstanding offensive line chain, they're bringing back uh, a ton of weapons at receiver. They've added a transfer from Tulane that people are are just over the moon at. Chris Brazel, they're all, and a five star freshman Mike Matthews that played in yeah. in the Polynesian Bowl and looked like a, a man amongst boys out there. So I don't have much concern. Of course, we said this last year. We said, look at all these weapons they got, and, and they were kind of <laughs> lacking a little bit. But that that may have been on quarterback play more than anything. But if they continue to be solid. Not spectacular, but solid on defense. If Nico lives up to the hype, I think it's reasonable to say Tennessee should be a playoff contender this season. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely should be. And and I think that's just, again, you're buying in a little more to the hype, which I'm all for, you know what I'm saying? But you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I mean, he's got to put some weight on. There's, you know, it's it's one thing to come out and play one game against Iowa. It's another to play 12 in this SEC, you know, it's 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 tough. And um, so, but right now, brother, I, I just, I don't know. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> I, I think it worked. this is it. We might as well go ahead and get a natty while we can before they start ripping down the, the, the trophy case, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, hey, let it be known, Cousin Shane has said this for years, so he's going to say it. When this happens, so just so, let it be known, he has said it many times over. He's not changing his tune. But he says, you can take away all the uh, you know the, the trophies and everything, but it, but the memories last okay. forever. And That's he's talking right. about those NCAA violations. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you look at this schedule for Tennessee. I'm seeing a lot of home games, Shane, mm-hmm. a lot of winnable games. Chattanooga at home, NC State and Charlotte week two, Kent State at home. Oh, at Oklahoma, it's going to be very tricky. At Arkansas, never an easy out in Fayetteville. Florida, the curse of, of the, the Gator program here. Alabama at home, Kentucky at yeah. home, Mississippi State at home. At Georgia, maybe the toughest game you could literally play in all of college football. UTEP at home and, and, and at Vanderbilt. But 
realistically, Shade, I think Tennessee is probably going to be favored in nine games, if not ten. Yeah, I'd say ten. I'd say I. I'd say maybe 12. I don't know. The more I look at this, Mike. <laughs> oh, you know, that Oklahoma's a tricky one because that's going to yeah. be made into a really, really big game. It's early. It's loud out there. You know, this is that SEC buzz that, that they've been begging to have. So now, now they're going to have it. Alabama doesn't look as daunting. You know, I'm not saying that they won't be by this time. I wish we could have got them a little bit earlier in the schedule. You know, good thing we got Georgia. Week one. No, no, yeah, yeah. Good thing we got Georgia and Athens because it's not really loud down there. So it's kind of like another home game. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Somebody needs to leak uh, Carson Beck's phone number at some point uh, so we can go ahead and get that thing cranked up. But, uh, no, I, I, I love this schedule. I love the way it lines up. But, again, you know, what what is what does that roster look like week seven, week eight, week nine? You know, Tennessee, they ran out of they ran out of gas uh toward the end of the season last year with injuries. So um you're you're asking a lot from that roster, but so far, you know, I can see why they're getting some buzz coming into this season. Yep. All right, we're into the top five now, Shane. I got the Missouri Tigers. I actually knocked them down a peg here, Shane, just because they lost defensive coordinator Blake Baker. They lost their outside linebackers coach Kevin Peoples to LSU. So some continuity change. They they hired a South Alabama defensive coordinator, Corey Fatoon, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Gabe Dorman on the show. Go back and check it out. But not even Gabe could tell us much about him because it, it was just a hire that just got made. And, and hell, the, the tricky part about that, and credit Gabe for saying this, but – you know, the head coach was Cade Womack, who just got hired by Alabama to be the defensive coordinator. So yeah. w- was the success South Alabama had on defense, was it on Cade Womack or was it Fatoon? Who knows? And, and we may never know. But, right. uh, again, there's a lot to like about Missouri. And the fact that Missouri fans are mad they're too low and they're in the top <laughs> five, that should give you an indication of, of the hype. And, and, and they, they deserve it, Shane. They just won 11 football games. They're bringing back Brady Cook, who's a top – probably three or four quarterback, maybe even better in the SEC. Luther Burden, we believe, yeah. is the best receiver in the country. Uh, they, their defense, you know, is, is always stout, even though, you know, the coordinator change may affect that a little bit. But this this could be one hell of a team. And the, obviously the big question mark, Cody Schrader, how can they replace him? That You just don't replace a guy like that. But thankfully, running back, that you know, that's a, it's typically the, the easiest p- uh, position to replace. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But, again, Cody, I'd be lying if I told you week one last year I thought he was going to be one of the best running backs in the country, you know. I was looking at replacements. I'm not going to lie, you know. So, one of the things that that Drink has shown is that he's been able to not only identify talent on his roster, but identify talent in the coaching room. So, you know, some of these hires that he's brought in – may just be another replacement. You know what I'm saying? They they are creating a system there in Mizzou. And, uh, you know, you you put a couple of these these type seasons around, then you stay. You stay for a while. You become nationally known, you know. So this is a yep. big year for them. And, uh, and, and now you've got higher expectations. Lofty, uh, you're, you've got a five in the power rankings. You know what I'm saying? Like, you did that last year at the start of the season. They would have said – everybody would have called you nuts. You know what I'm saying? So, 
Uh, yeah, this is this is good. It's the defense. I, I'm I'm very curious, not just the coaching, but just what does that look like? Because I, I think that was a little bit of an unsung hero last year. Did you see what Kyle said, Shane? He said, as long as Cousin Shane's on the bandwagon, I believe in Mizzou. <laughs> yeah. And again, we'll throw up their schedule. I mean, they're, they're going to be favored in damn near every game, Shane. Oh, yeah. Murray State, Buffalo, Boston College, who just had a coaching change, and Vanderbilt to open all at home at A&M. May not be favored in that one. We'll have to see what A&M looks like under Mike Elko. At UMass, Auburn at home, at Alabama, Oklahoma at home, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, and then Arkansas at home. So, I mean, they should go at at worst ten and two, but maybe even eleven and one. And hell, Shane, crazier things Thanks. that happen. Maybe twelve and zero. But just and again, they're going to take this as as I'm, I'm talking shit about them. Yeah. But it's not necessarily not necessarily Shane. But again, remember I ran the numbers. This is the only schedule in the entire SEC with your combined opponents had a losing record last year. So I, I'm I'm setting that up to just say. You could go 11 and 1, and it doesn't mean you're the second or third best team in the country. Does, does yeah. that make sense? You, now, you may be the, you may be in the standings, number yeah. one in the SEC, number two in the SEC, and that'll get you to the playoff. So I'm not saying you don't deserve it, but at the same time, I'm saying this is kind of this is exactly like Georgia's schedule last year, yeah. and we and we bashed it all off season. So I'm going to bash this schedule too, Shade. But that don't, <laughs> that does not take away from Missouri being awesome. You know what I mean? No, that's a great point, Mike, and, and I think that's what's going to get lost here in your power rankings is that, you know, if you would have given Mizzou Florida Gators schedule, you know, are, are we 10-2, and 9-3? and three? You know, I still think that's a hell of a run if you if you do it, but you're not getting into the playoffs. You know, right. this, is a, this is a playoff team, not just because of the talent Mizzou has, but because of the schedule that they got coming up. And you're right, brother. I'm looking at them. I mean, <laughs> Mizzou fans, they're, they're like in a break room right now filling out PTO forms, you know, because they know they're going to have to take some time off when them playoffs hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number four in the updated power ranking, Shane, Texas. We're getting higher on Texas here. As, as others lose coaches and lose players, Texas just seems to be adding everybody. So this will be a, a big year. They got the number nine portal class in the country, according to On3. Steve Sarkeesian, continuity, bringing back both coordinators here for uh, another season, bringing back his quarterback, both his quarterbacks, which is pretty big, Shane. Uh, and they're, they're getting basically everybody they want out of the transfer portal. Another great recruiting class incoming. No excuses for Texas not to be in the playoff mix. And if they're not, their, their fans are getting tired of me saying this, but if, they, if they're not in the conversation, Shane, it's, it's on their head coach because they have yeah. all the tools. They've got the fans. They've got the, the atmosphere. They've got the roster. They've got the great assistance. Uh, th this should be – I mean, I, I'll be very disappointed if Texas is not a playoff team. Yeah, me too. And, and they're going to hit the ground running. This is an, an older team, an experienced team. And, and what I love about it, I, I always think about those movies you watched growing up in the 90s, you know, new kid in school. You just go right up to them bullies and you punch them in the mouth. That's what I'm <laughs> expecting Texas to do is to come in here and try to hit some of these big boys right in the mouth just to show that they belong. And that, you look, college football, they were in it. 
They were in it last year. We only had one team in the SEC in it last season. They were there. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I think they want to continue that trend. So absolutely belongs in this, uh, in this top five. And what's ironic, Shane, the, the thing that we're worried about Oklahoma, the line of scrimmage, that's where Texas is at its strongest. Yeah. So I think that's why, well, obviously them making the playoff run too and winning the Big 12. But I, th- I think people that, that really follow this intimately, that that's why they're so high on Texas is because how strong they are on the line of scrimmage. Right. And that's what's going to suit them well coming into year one in the SEC. I'm a, let's pull up their schedule real quick here. Colorado State at home, not Dion, but Colorado State uh, at Michigan, which is replacing Jim Harbaugh now. Uh, we got UTSA and ULM both at home. Then they open SEC play. Mississippi State at home. Oklahoma on a neutral field. Georgia at home. That's going to be one hell of a game. Yeah. At Vanderbilt, Florida at home, at Arkansas, Kentucky at home, and at a and I mean – I'm looking at this one. They're going to be favored in the only one that they – and they may even be favored in it, Shane, but the only one I, I'm kind of confident they won't be favored in is Georgia, but it is in Austin. So yeah, may, maybe they're even favored in that one. Yeah, no, fa- very favorable schedule here. And that Oklahoma-Georgia back-to-back, that's going to be the that's going to be the tough one. But, you know, even if you drop those two, there's still a shot you're making the the playoffs here. And and like you said, the thing that the reason I'm so high on Texas is is line of scrimmage, a quarterback play, and you sprinkle some playmakers. That's the perfect recipe for SEC wins. And I think that's what Texas is bringing to the league. Yep. All right. So number three, apparently this is the the hottest. <laughs> Take on the board, Shane. I can't believe it. people are just dancing on the grave here of them <laughs> Alabama Crimson Tide. I realize the, the greatest coach of all time walked out, quit on, quit on his team, some people say, and the transfers came rolling out of Tuscaloosa, Shane. But I don't know. I mean, again, this is Alabama we're talking about, Shane. They still yeah. probably got a top six roster in all of college football. I'm a big believer in Kalen DeBoer, and he's got a lot to prove. He just took freaking Washington to the national championship game with a roster that probably, you know, if I'm being kind, it was probably comparable to, oh, I don't know, South Carolina. For some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's not it's not even comparable. The talent he was working with then to what he'll have now in Tuscaloosa. I realize, again, people could be dancing on the grave. They're ready to see Alabama suck. Well, good luck because it ain't going to happen, Shane. I think Alabama is probably looking at another 10-2, and 11-1 type season. I think Alabama is going to be outstanding. I'm confident about that. I'm not confident about what they're going to look like three or four years down the road because we don't know what Caleb DeBoer can, can recruit in the SEC. But it don't matter, Shane, because he's inheriting a roster, even with the transfers out, that is championship-worthy today. And if he, if he can get even more out of Jalen Milrow or whoever the starting quarterback is, uh, Alabama's going to be damn good next year. 
Well, the famous poet once said, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I am dancing on the grave, man. I don't, don't get me wrong. Does Alabama have a lot of talent? Absolutely. Do, they're probably one of the most, if not the most talented team in the SEC. If you're looking at 24-7 or on three or whatever platform you're on. But mm-hmm. I do think the, the, the mass exodus that we saw is going to impact the play in Alabama. Now, Jalen, all intents and purposes, he had a, a, a great season toward the tail end last year. He surprised all of us, Mike. But just to think that we could plug in another coach and just Alabama just keeps on plodding along, I just I don't see that happening, man. I, I see Alabama taking a little bit of a step back. So, I'm again, I'm not saying that they're not a top five power ranks, but at this moment in February, Mike, I'm I'm hitting the not the panic button, but maybe the brake. Say, hey, let's just slow the horses down. Let's see a little bit of this. Let's make sure we don't lose anybody else in the spring. And then, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and, and, and see what spring game. I would at least wait to the spring game to see what this team's going to look like. Well, I am the man that said there was the decaying dynasty, Shane. I don't wait for anything. I jump ahead. <laughs> I jump ahead of, of the news. You know what? Crown them. Put them back in the playoffs. No. <laughs> I'm afraid, Mike, I, I, at this moment, uh, I, I'm afraid that some teams that Alabama's not been afraid of is going to sneak up. That gap has gotten a little bit thinner, and, yep. and sometimes you know it's going to come down to coaching, and can DeBoer do that? I don't know. I mean, he's done it in Washington, but he hasn't done it in the SEC. Now, the, the team that I – you know, we're, we're all hyping them up now, Shane, but uh, number two on the list, the Ole Miss Rebels – and, I mean, this, it's got to be the year, right? Now, here's the thing with them, though. All this, you know, doubt in Alabama, I think that, you know, that's classic rat poison shade where I, th- I think most people are going to have Ole Miss over Alabama, and, and for good reason, given mm-hmm. the continuity of the coaching staff, what they're bringing back, given uh, on the line of scrimmage, Jackson Dart, the receivers, Trey Harris coming back, adding Juice Wells, getting Walter Nolan, adding this piece, that piece. Uh, two linemen from Washington on the offensive line kind of shore up uh, their weak, their strong, you know, their biggest weakness they had last season. So there is a ton to love about Ole Miss, Shane. They're going all, all the chips are in, brother. But also expectations, pressure. And what is one thing that Ole Miss, they kind of cave under this level of pressure. At least they have under Lane Kiffin. Can they change the tune? Have they been building towards this season? If they don't make a playoff run now, Shane, I don't know that they're ever going to do it. Is that fair? That's fair, Mike. The chips are on the middle of the table. I mean, they're all in right now. This is the season, and it's going to make or break you. And the momentum is at an all-time high. And if they do not finish the season at least 10-2, and then people are going to just put that little asterisk by Lane Kiffin's name saying he's a great coach, but he doesn't belong in the in the top realm when you're talking like Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, and those guys. Yeah. It, hey, I call him Lane Whiffin for a reason, Shane. I mean, it, it, his best wins are, I guess, LSU's got no defense. James Franklin, Penn State, he's overrated as hell. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, he's, he's winning at a high level. We'll, we'll give yeah. him that. He's not – He's not losing these games that uh, a lot of these other coaches would, you know, you, you, you stumble, you trip your feet. But I don't know. It, it's hard to pinpoint that big, big signature win for the Lane Kiffin. And I guess it is LSU, which they beat at home. I yeah. guess it could be Penn State. 
in a bowl game. But at the end of the day, is that is that what you're playing for in Oxford? I, I feel like you're playing for an SEC. You're playing for a college football and not even a berth, Shane. I think realistically, Ole Miss, if they if they live up to the hype, if Jackson mm-hmm. Dart continues to get better, they're going to be right in the thick of it to win a national championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm nervous about putting them any higher, but let's let's be honest, Mike. If we're playing NCAA, the video game right now, this yeah. is the team I want to play. You know, <laughs> this is they've got the dudes, they've got the talent. If I'm building a roster, this is the, probably by far the sexiest one out there. So. Ole Miss, yes, all the chips are out there. The expectations are as high as ever, but they've now got a roster that can do it. So I'm surprised you don't have them even higher. I, I mean, I would make a case that Number they one. Could, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, look well, you at the do, roster. You hate them dogs, Shane. I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Georgia. I so obviously, that's the only team left on the board, Shane. Not – Knocked Georgia off the top. I think staff continuity is is yeah. huge for them. I think uh, portal additions. I mean, we you got to remember they added Trevor Etienne, London Humphreys from Vanderbilt, who was one of the star players for the Commodores. Speed Demon from Miami, Colby Young, uh, Michael Jackson, not the singer, but the receiver from Southern Cal, and Carson Beck. When Carson Beck came back, they were basically my team to not only win the SEC, but win the national championship. They're just absolutely loaded across the board. And it's just wild, Shane, that they, they lose one game and it's they're on a revenge tour that they've <laughs> lost by three points and on a neutral field to uh, you know a team that went on to the college football playoff. But that's where we are with the Georgia Bulldogs. I think they should be the pick to win the SEC. I think they should be the pick to win the national championship. Um, I mean, they just... They, they they looked not human for most of the year you know what I mean yeah. and, and then they just they just played their 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 worst games so to speak in the worst possible moment well and, and I calm down bulldog fans I was just giving Kirby some material to use in the offseason <laughs> you're right they are on a revenge tour and this is a this is a program that I think grew up last year because a lot of these guys are back a lot of people were on that that they had no doubt in their mind that they were going to be in the college football playoff they had no doubt in their mind that they were going to win another college football championship and so to be left out of that dance absolutely has lit a fire under this under this crew so i i'm telling you right now there was a lot of games last year we felt like Georgia did not come to play. I don't think we get that this following season. They are going to be on a war path, not a revenge tour, a freaking war path, like Philip Sheridan just coming down and burning everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the way down. That's what Georgia Bulldogs are going to try to do. Hey, real quick here, Shane. Appreciate your man with the plan, $5 donation. One team always overperforms, and one team always underperforms each season. Who are your choices and uh, I'll go first, Shane, to let you think about it, just, just based on my power rankings here. But I'm just going to go with uh, Man with the Plan. He's asking us again. So uh, I, I'm going – I'll have to go with my power rankings, right? I think that's the only fair way to do it. So maybe someone in the top half who, who, who will underperform. And, hmm, I mean, I th- <laughs> I would go Texas, Shane. I, I, I just think with the change – I. I, that would not stun me if, if they don't live up to the hype playing in the SEC for the first time and then overperforms one team. How about uh, a little wild card here, Shane? I'm going to go 
Auburn Tigers. Mm-hmm. If they if they get it together, that that would be my team. You just never know what the hell you're going to get out of the Auburn Tigers. So I, it would not surprise me if they overachieve. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one because I was thinking the opposite with Auburn. I was thinking underachieve with yeah. that one <laughs> again, and that that just shows you where we are mentally right. with that roster and that coaching staff. That it could go either way, and. And right now, just the way the season ended and, and some of the shit that's happened in the offseason is just give, not giving me good vibes. So that's my under. Now, my over, and I kind of hinted at it earlier, is see you later, Cohen. Big Blue Nation is going to be just <laughs> fine. I think that they are going to overachieve because this is a year that nobody's going to be really talking about them. And uh, they've got a roster and they've got a schedule that sets up very nicely. I don't be surprised if Lexington doesn't look back and you say, Oh shit, man, they actually are a pretty good squad, you know? Right. Well, buddy, Hey, we went a little bit long. You got anything else before we hop off the line and whenever we see you next, we'll see you. Yeah, don't forget your flowers. Make sure it ain't got no damn birdhouses in it. But, uh, no, I, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us here in the off season. And, and Mike, I, I appreciate everything that you're doing. I love the setup. I love the studio. You you, you sit, look good. You sound good. And uh, New studio clear. coming. I, I haven't had time to fool with that, but th- there is a new studio we got a, we got a few things working on in the background so uh just stay tuned and uh yeah every day we're gonna have something for you right I, i've got some really great guests lined up this week a lot of first timers big names scheduled to be on the show so uh stay tuned to the channel all week long we are here i know football's in the rearview mirror but so much to talk about so don't go anywhere we're gonna be here all off season long and I don't want to say who yet because I because last minute cancellation I'll look like an idiot. But we got a huge in-studio guest coming as well. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be doing those all off-season. Like physically? Because long- I didn't have a plan to come over there, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I'm going to try to get you up here for this one. So oh, we'll, no, we'll see no. what we can get. Oh, okay. Come on now. But uh, yeah, hey, that's all I got, brother. So I appreciate you. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.